Blog Talk Radio. We're so excited to share this next song with you. I want to welcome a dear brother who's going to come out and help us sing it. Y'all give a warm welcome to Dante Bo. Oh, God, so love the world. 
And I pray that before the end of this broadcast, that you will see the need to fully surrender your life to his lordship and let him be the one in control of your life. For those of you that are already believers and you love God and you're doing all in your power to uh, obey him and to serve him and to honor him, but you're going through hard places. Um, I don't know. I did not plan to say what I'm saying right now, but I, I want to be led of the Holy Spirit. And I, I sense in my spirit that I want to pray for you before I begin tonight's broadcast. I want to pray that God will just embrace you, that he would just hold you very, very close to him and know that God is near. God is near. Just trust him. Just believe in him. Just surrender to him. Just relax in him. Cares about every aspect of your life. Even for those of you that don't know the Lord yet, the Lord still loves you as well. And so as I pray this opening prayer tonight, I pray that you will just surrender everything totally and completely to Jesus. He is the only one that is worth our 100% allegiance. And he is so powerful. He's not just loving and kind, but he's omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. He's omniscient. That means he's all-wise. He's omnipresent. That means he's there where you are right now. I might be broadcasting from the United States of America, and you might be in a small small little barangay in the Philippines in a province on Luzon Island, or you might be in one of the southern islands of the Philippines, or you might be in the Caribbean, or you might be in a small Southeast Asian nation, or you might be in Europe, or you might be um, in a nation in the vast continent of Africa, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this broadcast from. Just know that our great God sees you where you are right now, very much acquainted. He's very much aware of what you're going through and what you're dealing with and who you're dealing with. And for those of you that said, I cannot make it another minute, well, do not depend on your own strength, but just lean on Jesus. He's got everything that you need. That's why he's called the great I am. Whatever you need tonight or whenever you might be listening, he's exactly what you need. If you need peace, he's the prince of peace. If you're hungry, whether it's physically or spiritually or emotionally, he says, I am that bread, the bread of life. If you're thirsty, he said, I'm the living water. Whatever you need, if you're sick, he said, I'm Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you from all of your diseases. Whatever your situation is tonight, God is the one that's ever present. He's Jehovah Shammah, 
God who is there where you are right now. So even though you think no one else sees you, be assured, be very assured that God sees you. He knows all about you. And he has a wonderful plan for your life. If you would just surrender everything to Jesus. Won't you let me pray with you right now as I feel and sense his presence? And that's why I haven't even gone into the message tonight. I really feel strongly. I want to pray for you. I want to stand in faith and stand in the gap for you. So won't you just bow your heart in a word of prayer? Believe God with me for you. Heavenly Father, in the wonderful name, the name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus, sweet, precious name. Father, we we thank you that you are aware of everything that's going on with every man and every woman, every boy and every girl, no matter where they are right now. If they've been physically beaten, God, just heal their wounds and intervene on their behalf that the beatings can stop. They're being sexually molested. Father, reveal what is going on, that the perpetrator can no longer hide, can no longer continue to do the evil that they're doing but that you would arrest them, that you would stop them, and that you would protect the precious one, be it a woman or a man, be it a a girl or a boy who is being molested, cover them and let the molestation and the sexual abuse stop in the name of Jesus. And Father, if they have been verbally abused and verbally tormented and cursed and harassed, God, expose everything that's going on and cover your child. Cover that loved one, Lord God. Cover that one that is being beaten up, not only physically, but verbally, emotionally, mentally, even spiritually, Lord God. Deliver them out of the hands of the enemy in the name of Jesus for that loved one that is had their body wrecked in pain because of sickness and disease, God, bring healing to that individual right now where they are. Let the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, not only for the salvation of our soul, but for the healing of our bodies, God, let the blood of Jesus cover that individual right now in the name of Jesus and bring tremendous healing and deliverance to that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, do it that your name would be exalted. Do it that they would know that God is real and closer than the very next breath that they breathe. God, make a way for that one that's in trouble. Make a way where there seems to be no way, where there is no doorway. Create sovereignly a doorway create a way of escape oh god 
Bring the right people. Bring whatever is needed that that precious one might receive the deliverance. And for that individual who has done a terrible thing and is now filled with regret and remorse, and they cannot undo what they've already done, God, let them know that you are the one who forgives us of all our sins. And if we're willing to repent and turn to you, God, you said that you will forgive us of all our sins. You will clean us up. You will not just forgive us, but you will cleanse us from all iniquity. You'll wash us afresh in the blood of Jesus and make us brand new. And you'll cast our sins in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered anymore. Never again will you bring them up. I pray for that individual. They will be humble enough and honest enough to cry out to you so that you can make a way for them where there seems to be no way. And that they would sense your forgiveness. They would sense your healing power. They would sense your deliverance, oh God. For that loved one that has been crying all the time, just crying and crying and so brokenhearted, God, bind up their wounds. Minister to them, Lord God, as only you can. Speak peace to them, Father. Surround them with your love. Send your ministering angels to just comfort them and hold them. Be ever so close to them, I pray. And Father, use this word. Use this word to be some means of encouragement and strength to them, I pray. God, we come against every spirit of distraction. We come against every tormenting spirit. We come against every lying spirit. We come against every spirit that is not like you. And we ask you, Heavenly Father, to just open up the hearts and the minds and the ears and the the understanding of those that would listen to this word as we go into part four of your kingdom. God, we want to exemplify your kingdom. We want for that desire that you taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we want. We want you to use us to be the sons and the daughters that will fulfill your will on the earth as long as you give us breath. God, be glorified and be honored. Let me just say those things that you want me to say. Let me not add or subtract, but let me just be led of your Holy Spirit as your handmaiden today. In Jesus' name, be honored and glorified in this word. I pray, amen and amen. All right. Well, you know, the Lord bless you. I don't know what you've been going through, but God knows. God always knows, and he always has a way out. He has a way of escape. So just relax, trust your heavenly father, and and know that your heavenly father is different from your earthly father. For those of you that have had tremendous fathers, 
thank God for them, honor them, love them. For those of you that have not had good fathers in, in, on this earth, uh, still forgive them and love them. And know that your heavenly father is not those on the earth that are not good fathers. He is so different. Our heavenly father is the best father in the entire world. He's a good, good father. And he loves you very, very much. Even though you might have been uh, allowed to go through much trouble and tribulation and some painful experiences, just know that God kept you. And that's why you're still here because God has a plan for your life. It's a wonderful plan. And on that, I'm just going to go straight into part four of God's kingdom. We've been talking for the past uh, three weeks, and tonight is the fourth, on on God's kingdom. I'm going to read from a verse that I read at the very beginning in part one of God's kingdom. I'm going to read to you again from Psalm 145, verses 10. Through 13. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power, and they will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. I just read from Psalm 145, verses 10. Through 13. When the word of God states, all your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. Of course, this is speaking specifically about the men and women of God who are working and serving within his heavenly kingdom. And if you're a part of that great congregation, if you're a part of the kingdom of God, then you are the people that your lives speak of the glory of his kingdom. And you are the examples of his power. You are the ones who are telling of his mighty deeds. You are the one that's revealing the majesty and the glory of his reign over your life. God has chosen to use men and women to represent his kingdom. And that is so key. It, it, it sounds so simple, does it not? It sounds very, very simple. And yet it is so profound. God is using, and even he continues to use in these end time hours and days and, and weeks and months, he continues to use, and he's chosen to use, men and women, to represent his kingdom. I want to read to you a portion of scripture. It talks about the ten talents. Um, and it's from Luke. I'm reading from Luke chapter 19. And I'm going to read verses 11 through 27. And then we're going to talk about that for a little bit. The crowd was listening to everything that Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, 
he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You're a good servant. You've been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, so you will be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five cities. Third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you're a hard man to deal with. Taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why did you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. But master, they said, he already has 10 pounds. Yes, the king replied. And to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. Now, I just read a parable that Jesus gave in Luke chapter 19, verses 11 to 27. I want to just say very clearly, God's kingdom men and women are different. Very different from those who are not yet a part or belong to his kingdom. Something very different about the men and women of God. And that's the Holy Spirit who indwells every born-again, blood-washed, believing child of God. We who are of the kingdom of God, we live very differently from the world. And I've read this next verse that I'm going to read now, probably in every um, session that we've been covering God's kingdom. And what I'm going to read is taken from John chapter 17, Verses 14 to 16. I am emphasizing this because it is so worthy of emphasis. Jesus said, I have given them your word. He's talking about God's people. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them away from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So, beloved, you and I, we are living in this present world. Of course we are. 
I'm living in the USA right now, and you're living in whatever nation that you're living in. But even though we're living in the world, if we've given our lives to Jesus and he's invested his Holy Spirit and deposited his spirit inside of us, we're living in this world, but we're not of the world. The Bible says, again, I'm going to read another portion of scripture that's very important for us to read. And that's taken from, let's see, you were his enemies. I'll tell you where it's taken from in a second. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are a holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. So you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I'm participating for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches of and the glory of Christ are for, your, for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in the relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. And what I just read to you, I told you I was going to tell you what I read. I read to you from Colossians, the first chapter, T1, all the way through verse 29. So that was Colossians chapter 1, second part of verse 21, throughout verses 29. Now, like I said, I'm talking about God's kingdom. And specifically last week and this week, I'm talking about the men and the women of God that make up the kingdom of God. We have a king. His name is Jesus. And we live and work and we're supposed to do business, kingdom of God. So we have a king. King Jesus, and we're part of his kingdom, whether you be a man or whether you be a woman, if you belong to Jesus Christ, then you're part of the kingdom of God. And in being a part of his kingdom, we have to operate very differently from those of us that are not a part of the kingdom of God. They're part of this present worldly kingdom. 
this earthly kingdom, which is, is not going according to the will of God, to the ways of God, to the plan of God. They're on a different course, but the people of God are on an upward course. It's like many of you that have heard me speak over the past few years, I like to talk about the, the fish called a salmon. Salmon is a wonderful fish. If you if you see its flesh, it's usually a nice orange color with some white streaks of the fat. It is a delicious fish. And it is very different from the majority of other fish because most fish go as the the waves would carry them and the current would carry them, which is they swim downstream. So when the, the waves and, 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 the, and the water is moving downstream, the majority of the fish will just follow suit and go downstream. They're not going to fight and go upstream. However, the salmon is different from the majority of the other fish. The salmon will swim upstream and goes against the way that everybody else is going and all the other fish are going, being carried away, going, you know, the way that the wind is going, and that's where they go. But the salmon goes differently. The salmon swims upstream and goes against the current. You and I are like that salmon if we belong to Jesus as men and women of God. We go differently. We go very differently. I can bring to you an example. I don't have the the time or the opportunity to get into the full scriptures of this, but I just want to give you a few, very few examples of men and women in the word of God who they were great examples of people that went differently than everyone else around them. Okay? They went differently than everyone else around them. And you and I, that are living in um, 2022, 2022, in the 21st century, we are going to be very different from the majority of the people around us. And I'm not trying to say that just to, to say, well, we're better than them. No, no, no. It's not a matter of being better than somebody else. It's a matter of who lives at, who am I being directed by? And if you belong to the kingdom of God, you're being directed by the Holy Spirit. You're being led by the Spirit of God that dwells inside of you, and you're different. Remember when I read from Luke? I read from Luke chapter 19 in the beginning, and I was talking about uh, the parable that, that Jesus had given to his disciples, and he was telling them about a king that was crowned. And he had given them some money because he was going to go away. He was going to go away, but he was going to come back. It said that the noblemen had, had, had been called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. So that's a good example of Jesus who was here. And now has returned to his, to his heavenly father in, in heaven. He is, he's been crowned king, but he has not established his, his royal kingdom on the earth yet. And, and what do I mean by that? Obviously, the world that we live in is not 
operating according to God's precepts, but going very contrary to the ways of God, the will of God, the plan of God, and, 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 and how God wants us to operate. Very different this world is, is, is going. But yet he has left us here, just like that parable that Jesus gave his followers. He told them about this nobleman that was called away. Jesus has been called away to, be, to return to his heavenly father. And just as that parable was talking about the nobleman that was called away to be crowned king and then he was going to come back and return, he left his servants, he left those that followed him to make some investments for him while he was gone. You and I are those people. We are the servants. We are the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. And you and I are to occupy until our master returns. So even though this is just a parable, this is just an earthly story. That's what a parable is, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. But just as Jesus was telling his disciples and those that were listening to him about this nobleman that went away that was going to come back, Jesus has gone away. He is no longer physically living on planet Earth. And if somebody tells you that he is, they're not telling you the truth. They're lying to you. Jesus has not returned physically yet, but he will. And so what? did he leave for us to do until he returns? He wants us to occupy until he comes back. That's what he wants us to do. Occupy until he returns. You and I are the only representation that the Lord has currently on the earth. It's you and it's me and everybody who follows. Now, back in the Bible days, in the Old Testament, there was a man by the name of Joseph. Some of you may be familiar with it, uh, the story I'm talking about and with his story. If you're not, and even if you are, I would encourage you to go back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 42 to 46. Genesis 42 to 46 will pretty much tell you and give you a good understanding of Joseph in the Bible and why he is so honored today. Because he was an example of someone, even though he was in the Old Testament, he was an example of someone who was a kingdom-minded man. He was living to please God rather than living to please the world or living simply to please his family members. He was living to please God. And that's what it is to be a kingdom-minded man and a kingdom-minded woman. It is an individual who lives to please God. Again, 
thy kingdom come on earth in heaven. So just to give you a little background, not much, because we don't have the time to really get into the story about Joseph, but just to give you one example of the kind of, of, of man of integrity that he was. When he had the opportunity to indulge in sexual immorality, sexual sin, at the suggestion of his employer's wife, he said no. Now, he could have done what she asked him to do, to, to be involved in adultery with her, but he chose not to because he was living after the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of this world. And you see, when you're living according to the kingdom of God, then God can use you. At the end, again, I don't have the time to get into Joseph's story, but don't you know that God raised him up when the entire world was experiencing a horrific famine? God raised Joseph to be the next man, second in command to Pharaoh. And he was the one that God used to feed all the nations of the earth at that time. They all had to come before Joseph to receive food in the midst of a famine, a worldwide famine. And God wants to use you. And God wants to use me at this time when there is a spiritual famine all across the land. And not only that, who knows if there's not going to be physical famines coming all across the world. We don't know. But I'll tell you what, when you're living after the kingdom of God and you want to, to fulfill the prayer of Jesus, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, Lord, on earth, as it is in heaven, then you're not going to live as if you belong to this world. You're going to be living as if you belong to the kingdom of God because you have a higher order. Amen. So that's how God used Joseph. Another, this is a woman now that God used in the Old Testament as well. And she saved her entire nation of people. She was a Jewish. She was a Jewish young woman, a Jewish, very young woman by the name of Esther. And Esther was used of the Lord to bring salvation to her entire nation of people, not just her family, not just her neighborhood, but to every Jew that lived on the planet at that time. I would say that she indeed did occupy. She did what I believe God wanted her to do at that time. But for her to be able to be positioned to do that, she had to be desirous of wanting to, to honor God, to please God. Again, kingdom men, kingdom women, they're about pleasing God, not pleasing themselves. You can read the entire wonderful, beautiful story of Esther in the book of Esther in the Old Testament. And I would encourage you to do that. 
another man that was used of God tremendously, even from a very young age. See, these are people that are good examples of people that are occupying. Even though that that parable had not been given till the New Testament, and, and, and Jesus was not visible on the earth until the New Testament, isn't it something how God invested in these people and deposited something holy in these people, Joseph, Esther, that they could occupy, that they could bring a good return to what God had invested in them. Wow. One woman saves a nation. The Jewish people, her people. Joseph saved the entire world, the entire known world at that time. Wow. Wow. That, that's just tremendous. These are people that are occupying. These are people that have done what God had, had, had put within them to do. The other man I'm thinking about that was very young when he started out was David. We know him now as King David. You can read about one of the many wonderful things that God used David to do, but just one of them is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel 17. And there we read where David was used of God to actually slay the biggest enemy of God and his people at, at that time called Goliath. He was a, a giant of a, a huge man, and he was a Philistine, and he was uh, taunting the people of God and jeering and mocking God's people and mocking their God, who is our God. And, Joe, and David, as young as he was, David realized that he was called of God to defeat this giant. And of course, David did not go in his own strength, but David went on the strength of the Lord. You can read about this story in First Samuel chapter 17. Then in the New Testament, my goodness, the greatest one who is our example and sets the stage is King Jesus himself, our master, our Lord, our Savior, King Jesus always desiring to please his heavenly father, always desiring to see that the father's will would be done in everything and anything. That's Jesus all the way, all the time, even to the point where he was going to be crucified. And he did not, I mean, the, the, the man part of him, the, hum, the humanity part of him, of course, did not want to go to the cross and suffer and die. But he was willing to do it to please his heavenly father. And so, therefore, Jesus said to his father in prayer, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Isn't that something? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. How you and I have to pray. That's how you and I have to live. And the, and the verse that I just um, quoted for you was taken from Luke chapter 22, verse 42. When Jesus literally said, 
Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. I want that to be done. And that's how you and I have to to pray. That's how you and I have to conduct business. That's how you and I have to operate like our heavenly um, example, like Jesus, who was our example on the earth. And now he's in heaven with his, his father. But can you imagine? Of course he didn't want to have to go through the, the, the horrible crucifixion and all of that. But he said, Father, nevertheless, let your will be done. Not what I will, but let your will be done. That's how you and I live as kingdom men and women, that the will of the Father be done, that the will of the Father be done. Wow. That's why you and I are very different. That's why we're not like everybody else. Very different. Mary Magdalene is another one, a a woman in the New Testament. We learn about her in Matthew chapter 27 in verse 56. That's when we first learn about her. And she was a woman that, that the Lord had delivered her from seven demon spirits that she had in her. And God delivered her and set her free, cast out those demons. And then she began to be a tremendous disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can read about her at least 13 different times in the New Testament, but you can read about her again in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Luke 8, 1 through 3. Mary Magdalene. She went from being before Christ. She was full of demons and all tormented by these evil spirits. And after Christ, she was a tremendous blessing to the ministry of the Lord. And she actually gave to the ministry and helped him and followed them and and was discipled by Jesus. Amen. And told other people about Jesus. Then we've got another great woman of God by the name of Mary, the mother of Jesus herself. And I love what she said in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And this is how you and I have to conduct business when we're men of God or women of God. She just simply said, let it be done unto me as you speak. This is what she was telling the angels. She spoke to the angel in Luke. Let me find it for you. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And verse 38, she just, you know, this is how you and I have to think. This is how you and I have to function. This is how you and I have to, to be committed to God. That, you know, it's all about him. It's not about us. She said, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. That's it. Then the angel left her. That was the time that the angel told her that she would um, have a son and his name would be called Jesus and he'd be the savior of the world. Well, she knew she had not had any physical, intimate sexual relations with any man. So she was wondering how could these things be? But then she believed the word of of the Lord through the angel. That's why she made that commitment. And she, she started out by saying, look, 
I'm the Lord's servant. That's the first thing. That's her number one identity. I am the Lord's servant. Now, that is critical to how kingdom men and women function on the earth. Before we're anything else, we're the Lord's children. We're the Lord's servant. And Lord, may your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. There's so many examples, but we've only got a few minutes, and I want to wrap this up. God's kingdom today is very has to be very different. It's going to be easier to detect now, and listen to me carefully, those that belong to the kingdom, because our lives are going to be so vastly different from those that are in the world. Now, I'm not talking about when people do a lot of talking and say that they belong to Jesus. That's irrelevant. I'm talking about our lifestyles. When we live for Christ, it is so different than the people that live for their father, the devil. Call him that, but that's what he is. If they're not living for Jesus, they're automatically living for the devil. And that's what Jesus said. So God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. God said, you're either for me or you're against me. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. How about that? There's no gray areas. I don't know why a lot of people think there are. But um, it's, it's either we love God and serve God and are in the kingdom or out. And you can get that from Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me truly is scattering. If you're not on my side, you are against me. If you don't gather with me, wow, isn't that deep? If you don't gather with me, scattering. So, God's men, God's women, very different. The key to all of this, if you want to know the real key, and I've been trying to say it, trying to explain it throughout this teaching series, it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's not what I can do. It's not what you can do just read that one verse from Colossians before I read Colossians 1 21b to 29 but I just want to read that verse in 27 for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too and that's for anybody who's not a Jew is automatically a Gentile so that's for the most of you that are listening and for those of you that are Jewish just know that this belongs to you as well It's for the Jew and the Gentile. And this is the secret. See, now this is the secret, how we can accomplish these wonderful things. It's Christ lives in you. And this gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Because Christ is living in you. Because his Holy Spirit indwells you. 
That's why you can do the all things who lives in you. And if he does not yet live in you, then cry out to him. Tell him that you're sorry for for offending him, for disobeying him, and that you want his Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you. And that you believe that God did everything that he says he, he has done for you in the word of God. If you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess of your sins, then you are born again. And then at that point of being born again, he makes you a part of the kingdom of God. And then you begin to walk with him. And then you begin to talk with him. Then you begin to, to reflect his character. You begin to sound like him and look like him and smell like him and, and, and operate like him. And that's what makes us kingdom men, kingdom women. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Wow. It is so wonderful to be a part of your kingdom. And we want to be kingdom men and kingdom women in these end time days that we live in. We want to occupy. We want to be good servants. We want to invest what you've given and what you've given to us. We want to invest it and bring you profit on it. God, show us how we can do that. Continue to minister to us that we might be good representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ in this end time hour and shine brightly for you, Lord God. And do exploits in your name. As the world grows darker, may the light and the love of Jesus shine in us all the more brightly. This is our prayer. This is what we ask. In Jesus' name, bless your people and make them a blessing. Amen. This is your Sister Pearl. Within the word with Sister Pearl and Reaching Out Radio International. God bless you. He loves you so very much, and I love you too. Until next time, bye-bye. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.